0: We think your health is important, but not as important as bringing you hard-hitting journalism like this interview.
1: Health claims are difficult to evaluate for non-experts, so please consult your physician before listening to The Most Important People in the World. The Most Important People in the World with Charles Berman and Jonathan Berman. Featuring interviews with people with interesting viewpoints, which, if true, could make them the most important people in the world. Let's meet one of them now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This is the Most Important People in the World podcast. I am Charles Berman, and I have with me my co-host...
0: Uh... Jonathan Berman.
1: And uh, we have a a very important interview uh, this evening for you. We have uh, Tim Kelly from uh, Polytope Press, the author of uh, Natural Healing Self-Empowerment. Tim, thank you very much for coming on the program with us.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, Tim, we'll just give a little bit of an introduction here. Uh, Polytope is a publishing house. and You're you're the author of this book. You also participated in a project, I understand, to redesign the periodic table three-dimensionally. Um, yes. maybe you can explain why so why why was because most people are familiar with it as a flat table. Right. Why why was it necessary to to make it 3-dimensional uh, and, and how how is that helpful and and how did you do it?
2: Well, the important idea to understand from the periodic table is that most of the properties of the atoms are a function of the electron shells and there had been work that had been done in the 1970s by Minster Fuller, one of the great geniuses of the 20th century. He had done a collection of mathematical observations over the course of a lifetime, and he had reached out to an old professor at one point to ask if any similar work had been done, and the professor said no, so he kept going, and he collected together all his observations in two books, Synergetics I and Synergetics II, that were published in 1975 and 1979. And in those books, if you read through them, there's a lot of esoteric jargon in those books that can be difficult for people to get through. But on one of the pages was a highly significant observation. He had mapped out visually the structure of the nucleus of uranium, classically when people had tried to determine – the shape of the nucleus, they will use this model of spherical nucleons which are either protons or neutrons and they're mixed together to form this sphere but what Fuller did is show that the actual shape of the nucleus was a cuboctahedron which he renamed the vector equilibrium. If you look at the technical paper at my website, proof of synergetics in the atom, you can see a more accurate map of how the nucleus could work. So. What we did is we went in and and built on that and created a model of electron shells, which is, again, what gives a lot of atoms their actual properties and showed that the electron shells can be mapped using a shape called an icosahedron, which was something that uh, Fuller himself had never done. But once you do that, you can begin to visualize electron shells, and once you can visualize electron shells, then you could theoretically then create this model that would show you how electron shells could work using icosahedra. There's a lot of work that could have been done on that at some point in the future. It's unfortunate that that was not built upon, but uh, at least the paper is there for the public to enjoy.
1: Great. Now, and one thing I, now, what I want to get to is, and, and this really struck me, that has how how important this could be for for humanity is the book that you wrote. Um, and, I, and I just uh, maybe, if it's all right with you, I'll just read uh here what it what it says on the on the promo here for that that it contains a way to eliminate all diseases banish allergies restore hair color regrow hair uh, erase permanent scars learn perfect birth control 20 20 vision with no lenses improve hearing restore organ function vanquish chronic pain attain ideal body weight increase lifespan uh, in fantastic frequency medicine tons more so now i'm curious now maybe is now is this related to this knowledge we've gained of the atom maybe through buckminster fuller or is it or is it something of, how is it achieved
2: okay well it it would only be very distantly related to the work of fuller um uh, certainly not directly we're sort of talking about different orders of magnitude but how it's uh, achieved um there are actually a multitude of different ways. I think the essential word that I use very frequently is harmony um, when to gain health, the best way to do that is through harmony. And in the book, you're offered several different ways to accomplish that harmony. In case one way doesn't work, you can try another way. But as I often say, as human beings, there are two things we all have to do if we want to live, which is to drink water and to eat food. And if we can do those two things correctly, it turns out that we can, in many cases, wipe out pretty much all pathology. This has actually been known for many decades that this is possible. It's just unfortunate that the information is not really reaching through to the public just yet. Um, Although, again, we've been trying to reach out for for a long time to try and share this information. If you want, I can sort of set the historical stage for how nutrition can knock out disease.
1: Right. And I know, because I know a lot of people are thinking, and I know it can't be simple as this, that maybe they're suffering from a disease and they're thinking, well, I have a disease, but I do eat food. I do drink water. How, is there Now, there must be some special way to do it that, that comes to the elimination of disease.
2: Definitely. Um, I think the easiest place to begin is with the work of Dr. Edward Howell, who is the author of Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity. He made the following statement, Jungle animals have no diseases. So just let me repeat that. Jungle animals have no diseases. The only time he would see animals getting diseases or when they were forced to be close to man. For example, when animals were in captivity in zoos, or if domesticated animals were forced to live close to man on farms, then they would end up with diseases, and another observation that he made that is relevant to this r- relates to the Eskimo. Um, there are a lot of different people who have lived close to nature and have still suffered from diseases, hence the common practice of having medicine men but at the eskimo were different um, the uh, the word eskimo translates from root words which mean people who eat raw they had no medicine men and they were free of disease and we have a bunch of clues that just begin to stockpile in the extraordinary decade of the 1930s. Um, Dr. Albert Schweitzer had done some work in the jungle and his missionary work was kind of famous, but as he was noticing, as the imports came in of Western food to where he was working, the natives too, soon started to develop diseases. One of the most important books ever written was written in nineteen thirty nine called Nutrition and Physical degeneration, and that was written by Dr. Weston Price, who was head of the American Dental Association and he hit on an an interesting idea. Most people to study teeth might do lab experiments. He decided he was going to travel around the globe, see who had healthy teeth and who didn't, and then try to learn from whoever was successful and if people were failing, try to learn why they were failing. His main conclusion was as simple as it was inescapable. Wherever the Western diet appeared of refined and processed foods, all the diseases of man occurred. Wherever people ate raw food, they had perfectly healthy teeth, and they were completely free of disease. Around the same time...
1: Now,
0: that, um, I, have, I have a question. I've heard yeah. in the past from speaking to anthropologists that skulls found in agricultural societies, uh, you can tell um, almost the era they came from by looking at the teeth, because the, the teeth from agricultural skulls will be rotted away, and pre-agricultural hunter-gatherer teeth will tend to be closer to perfect. Is that the same phenomenon?
2: Somewhat similar. Uh, it, it's This gets sort of uh, leading me towards my main thesis of complete nutrition and total detox. In, in some of those agricultural societies, you'll see complete nutrition and others not so much. I know that a number of the cultures that lived as fishers, uh, for example, tended to get um, healthier teeth because of consuming raw fish they would get um, vitamin A and vitamin D and um, with prices research he again found that uh, a majority of people getting complete nutrition from raw food had skulls um, that were intact in terms of uh, not only the bone structure but the teeth as well were completely free of cavities um, but it does depend on the soil content is Heading, jumping ahead here to more of my thesis, Um, as Dr. Jarvis would say, um, all the foods are a manifestation of the soil. So, for example, the the controversial study that led to the erroneous conclusion that fluoride protects teeth would have been better off if it had more accurately stated that the main reason that the town without a toothache was a town without a toothache. Ache was because there was high phosphate in the soil where those people were living, so the phosphorus was going into their teeth and strengthening them. So it's in different cases around the globe. There are different soils, and if the soil was completely balanced, there would be completely balanced nutrition, and that would lead to health. So it sort of depended on where people lived.
1: Now, this this is really fantastic stuff. Now I'm I know a lot of people are wondering now. Maybe a person out there. Uh, has arthritis or maybe even something more serious maybe they have uh, have cancer or heart Mm -hmm. disease Uh, what can they do right away to cure this using eating and drinking
2: okay well I would again get into a little bit more depth on on my thesis which is um, complete nutrition and total detox by complete nutrition I mean the assimilation of proteins carbs and fats along with enzymes vitamins and minerals all in useful forms in the right amounts in a water, oxygen, and probiotic-rich environment. So there are some details to know in relation to that complete nutrition, which I cover in the book. Um, uh, raw food, if you can get to that is, as quickly as possible, would be something that you would want to take as a remedial step in, in relation to disease um, you can do juicing of organic produce um, is something that can be initiated right away. There are a wide variety of books such as Dr. Jensen's Guide to Better Bowel Care that would get people started or the Gerson Therapy, which was written by Charlotte Gerson, daughter of Dr. Max Gerson, who had already cured cancer and testified before Congress that he had done that in 1946. So. Um, I do go over the details for how to approach nutrition successfully to wipe out disease, including cancer, which is is actually not a problem. Um, Again, Max Gerson had done it repeatedly with his organic juicing therapy. So um, there are a number of details in relation to vitamins, the form of the vitamins, the minerals, the form of the minerals, and how well they absorb. And um, if you just lock down that information, yes, you can. You mentioned arthritis a moment ago, and that. I think I'll use arthritis as a stepping stone to detoxification. Uh, Detoxification is important for a lot of people if they have not eaten raw foods in the course of a lifetime toxins will accumulate in the body and those need to be uh, eliminated so there are six main pathways of detoxification inside the human body the intestines the liver, the kidneys the lungs the lymphatic system and the skin and there are easy cheap cost-effective ways to detoxify all of those organs of detoxification if you don't do that you're never really going to get to ideal health you have to get the garbage out of the way so that the body becomes more efficient Um, One of the key ideas I've often mentioned in relation to this is iron deficiency anemia, for example. There was an experiment that was done at one point where two people with iron deficiency anemia uh, followed two different strategies. In one case, someone fasted and took no iron supplements and another person did not fast and took iron supplements and it was later found that a person who fasted and took no iron supplements. Showed greater iron levels in their body just from detoxification. It's just because detoxification makes the body far more efficient, so that when you take nutrients in, you get the full benefit of them.
1: Now oh, that's fascinating. Now I I know uh, a lot of people out there might be a little bit um, uh, reticent to to start with raw foods. And I know a lot of people are worried about getting diseases from certain raw foods. Now if they did would that be then cured by eating more raw
2: food uh, or is that not a worry? Well, it's just basically a question of awareness. Um, it's, it's unfortunate the way that a lot of different things are being done. And, and for example, raw milk, if people could get access to raw milk, would normally be great, but some of those fears were not well-founded. If, if someone knows how to produce raw milk correctly, they would check, for example, bacterial counts, before the milk went to market and there really would would not be any danger. Um, just because something is organic though, I would like to stress, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get healthy on it because of the mineral problem. All the different foods that are sold, even organic produce, can be mineral deficient, so you want to make sure that you do have a full spectrum of minerals going into the body. And I mentioned several different ways such as colloidal minerals, uh, to get those minerals into the body. And, of course, if you have a garden, that would be ideal because then you could fertilize the plants correctly using rock dust, which is a, a huge uh, topic in and of itself. I don't know how much we want to get into that, but when you fertilize the soil correctly, then the nutrients in the, in the raw foods are that much better. But I, w- I wouldn't have grave concerns, no, about raw food um, getting people sick, um, especially in, in the recommendations that I have for total detox, you can use a wide variety of herbs such as garlic, olive leaf extract, and uh, a number of other ones that in the event that there were uh, some kind of pathogen problems in relation to raw food, that those could definitely be countered with herbs or other remedial measures. You just basically listen to your body as you go and make the corrections based on what your body is telling you is wrong.
1: Uh, now you mentioned you mentioned toxins, uh, uh, and I, I know it's it's going to be too frightening to many listeners to to know they have toxins in their body. What what exactly are these to- toxins, and what and what is causing this toxicity?
2: Uh, there's tons of them. Um, one of the worst and most common, unfortunately, are mercury fillings that go into people's mouths. Um, there are solvents, as Dr. Hilda Clark talks about. These are chemicals that are sometimes used to clean equipment that are somehow ending up in our food, um, which are setting the stage, uh, according to Dr. Clark, for cancers, uh, isopropyl alcohol, uh, wood alcohol, setting the stage for diabetes, for example, so she recommends, after all her technical science, uh, strong advice of go primitive. So as as simply as you eat, um, the less processed food, um, the better. Um, but we're getting toxins pretty much from just about everything, the shampoo that we use in our hair, the deodorants uh, that we put in our armpits, um, the toothpastes that we consume. The fluoride in, an, in common toothpaste, for example, has been shown, uh, if you want, you're welcome to look up Good Teeth Birth to Death by Dr. George Judd um, talks about fluoride deactivating about eighty three different enzyme complexes in the body, so that's a toxin. Um, the water that we bathe in is for the most part toxic. I had an individual who worked in here in the Phoenix water supply saying that they found 150 contaminants in the the regular water, and those were just the ones that he checked for. So we're basically getting slammed from um, every angle with um, toxins because of of the choices that we've made as a society to live. Unfortunately, when when people are going on drugs, for example, to correct certain behavioral problems, those drugs are remaining intact. They're being peed down the toilet, and they're going into the hydrological cycle, and plants are being raised on drugs now. So um, we really are getting them from pretty much everywhere.
1: That's a, a frightening thought. Now, uh, one thing I, uh, I wanted to ask is just with relation to how um, incredible this discovery is and the fact that, I mean, there are a lot of people who work in the in the medical professions. Uh, and I, I think that now that you've published this book showing how all diseases can be eliminated, why why is it that, that this hasn't received... Uh, uh, more, more more, of notice than it has. I mean, I hadn't been familiar with it until we, we started speaking
2: with you. Well, um, there's a great deal of money to be made by certain corporations. You know, it's, it's, it's sad and it's uh, mind-boggling to look back on the decade of the 1930s because during that time period, basically everything we needed was set in place there. And I haven't even mentioned the fantastic work done in frequency medicine, which would have taken things to a whole other level. There's actually some truly incredible work in frequency medicine that was done in the 1930s, which sounds so amazing to people who are unfamiliar with it. They might think it's some kind of science fiction idea from several millennia from now. But basically, I mean, if you watch TV during the day, you'll see that a lot of what reaches the public depends on who's sponsoring what show. And right now, the pharmaceutical companies are dominating the airwaves. Um, they can only make money by creating patents, and nature is not something that can be patented. So the pharmaceutical companies know that. So if they find something in nature that works, their first instinct is not to help the public. Their first instinct is to say, what is what can we call a primary active ingredient? And since we can't patent that primary active ingredient because it's natural, how can we alter the structure of that can we tweak it can we insert a different atom here that nature never inserted there if we can create a unique structure then we can patent that we can charge a fortune for it and even if it creates side effects side effects in the body which is inevitably what happens usually even if a drug does have a beneficial effect and James P Carter suggests that 80 to 90% of the drugs on the market are ineffective um, you'll usually see that the liver will interpret that as something that's hostile and then you'll see yellowing in the eyes of people letting which is the body's way of protesting what you're doing. But uh, for the most part, when people want to make money, if you tell people, hey, you can wipe out cancer by going out into your garden and eating raw food uh, correctly, no one's going to make any money off that. And if people are not going to make any money off that, then why should they care how many people die? I mean, at this point, I gather that 7.5 million people are dying annually of cancer and all of that could be eliminated in probably about 20 different ways but it really is going to be up to the public to assess this information and put it into practice and do some experiments to verify for themselves that it does work and if they do we can be free of disease but it will require some experimentation on the part of the public and awareness of this great research which is, is collected so I hope that people will double check the references.
0: Now, frequency medicine, is that, um, is that like William Reich orgone energy or radionics? Uh, what is frequency uh, medicine?
2: That's uh, in the ballpark in the sense that you're, you're talking about radiant energy, but um, some of the more amazing frequency medicine that was done, are you familiar with the story of Royal Raymond Reich by any chance?
0: Uh, not, not off the top of my head. Uh, please tell, tell the audience.
2: Well, he's one of the great unsung geniuses of history. Um, he was doing some really extraordinary work back in the 1930s, and he had developed a microscope which broke the understanding of the laws of physics. Um, when when you were working originally with microscopes, you would often uh, encounter, encounter something called the Abbe Limit, um, which was a limit beyond which you couldn't supposedly resolve seeing a live image when you were looking through a microscope and he developed a special quartz ultraviolet microscope that enabled him to see with greater resolution and magnification than anyone had ever seen before and what he found was a virus that was present in every single case of cancer when he saw that he was curious what he could do to get rid of it and it was pretty complex work but basically he got to a point where he was in the ballpark of destructive resonance he had found that When presented with a certain frequency, the virus that he found associated with cancer could be shattered, and it was an incredibly powerful thing, and it was incredibly precise and um, something that could be easily repeated. He knocked it out 400 times in a row. There was never a time where this virus could escape his Uh, frequency medicine. It's matching the frequency and shattering it out of existence. If people were curious if something like that still exists to this day, there is a researcher named James Baer who was sort of a legacy of race research that was strongly suppressed after it was developed. But he developed plasma um, that could be pulsed at different frequencies. And if you look up James Bear's work on Rife. He actually does have some brief video snippets showing microscopic pathogens as they're being hit with a destructive frequency, and you can actually see the cells exploding. So this is something that could have been done all along, up to this point. But unfortunately, that information too was suppressed um, since. We don't have as much access to frequency medicine uh, along those lines. There are other pioneers whose work we can't access to some extent. For example, Dr. Hoda Clark has a device called a Zapper, which uh, people can work with relatively cheaply, which is along the same lines, and she actually does have frequency generators that do try to imitate um, Rife's work. I, I still say, though, that the foundation of health, no matter what, is going to be nutrition and drinking water. So. Um, We can make certain strides with frequency medicine, but it will always be best, I think, and cheapest for people who are suffering to know the ways of nutrition and detox.
1: This is really incredible, and it's it's tragic to think how many people have died of diseases that – over the years that didn't know that they could all have been cured. I, I'm just wondering how you came to this discovery. Were you originally someone who did suffer diseases and the, how did you come to the point to, to, to have this knowledge and know how to eliminate them?
2: Well, um, it, it was a book I was had been looking for my whole life. I, I strongly recommend it to anyone because to me it's one of the most important books that was ever written. I had been researching global corruption in relation to a lot of different areas and i came across this book title that fascinated me called suppressed inventions and other discoveries and this book was a collection of articles that had originally appeared in Nexus Magazine out of Australia. And I had never heard any of these stories before myself. And when I read those stories, there was a section of the book that was devoted to health breakthroughs. And I thought, wow, this is incredible stuff. There was stuff about Max Gerson's organic juicing therapy, Ed McCabe's uh, astonishing work in oxygen therapy, uh, which is a whole other area that is uh, tremendously powerful. And once I heard those stories, I thought, well, I have to follow up on this. I have to find out if, if any of this stuff is actually true, because if this is true, this this is amazing. So I started doing research for several years, and then I was stuck as to what to do, because I'm not a doctor, I'm a researcher. But then a friend of mine came over to my apartment and said, you can have my computer next month, I'll be dead. And I said, wow, Well, what's going on? He said, well, uh, something's going on with me, and, and the doctors can't figure out what it is. And he had gone to the Mayo Clinic and they told him there was nothing wrong with him although he had been waking up blind and uh, he was so weak at one point he couldn't even get off the floor and we put our heads together determined that he had mold exposure it was deadly mold exposure um including stachybotrys and, and aspergillus which had been known to to kill people and after we had that diagnosis um i tried to get the Mayo Clinic to help him further, they had nothing they could do, I found a specialist for him. they had nothing they could do, so basically he was being left to die. And I said, well look, I came across this amazing research, we can try something if you want. He said, well what do you want to try? And I said, well oxygen therapy is the first of these amazing things that I've come across that I'd like to try and we did that and he responded phenomenally well, came back from the brink of death. And not only did he do that, but in the process of resetting his body, he had some old gout markings that disappeared, and he was diabetic when all of this started, and his diabetes vanished.
1: That's incredible. That's an incredible story. And so you, you took that, I imagine, and, and started to learn of all these other ways outside of, of um, chemical medicine to, to, to cure
2: diseases? Absolutely, and for me, this is one of the most intense sources of frustration that I've had in this entire process. My whole life, whenever I've heard about doctors, no one had ever made the distinction between allopathy and naturopathy, that there was different ways of approaching illness, that you could actually use nature, not drugs. This was like a revelation to me, and I was frustrated and angry that no one ever even told me that such things were possible. And when I did find out that they were possible, of course, the main thing that you are struck by immediately is that there are no side effects when you work with nature under most circumstances. There are certain herbs that can have different effects. I sometimes call those forward effects more than side effects. If you do certain natural things, your body may have a reaction. For example, you might get rashes or boils or something like that, but oftentimes that's part of the body's natural detoxification process. So something that can seem like it's unpleasant or uh, not so enjoyable to go through can sometimes be part of the natural process of healing. But yes, I certainly wish that the educational system would tell people from the beginning, that it is possible to work with nature and that there are other options besides working with drugs, which, again, are a relatively recent innovation. Um, the herbs that people have been using to heal are, are centuries old. And, again, it's just unfortunate that people are just missing the fact that there is a big picture here. There, there are different lands that have different soils with different nutrients, and the main thing that we need to do to get us on our way is to balance the soil, to get away from herbicides and pesticides in the soil, and get away from the Liebig practices of of agriculture. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the the standard that is used oftentimes in agriculture. The the attitude is oftentimes what they call NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Um, What had happened there, and this is, again, something that's even more amazing that goes back to the 1800s, was that there was an innovator by the name of Julius Hensel who found that fertilizing soil with rock dust made plants thrive in a way that they had never thrived before. And around that time, there was another uh, individual, Justice von Liebig, who was basically the originator of the nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium approach to nourishing soil. Then when Liebig's practices showed richer crop yields, everyone got excited, but Hensel's work was even better than Liebig's, but industry decided to go with Liebig because there's, again, more money to be made by that. If you just tell people, look, you have an ideal fertilizer all around you. All you have to do is work with rock. Granite is the best rock to work with, but take rock, bury it under some plastic bag, smash it with a sledgehammer, put it in soil and watch it grow. And I urge that experiment to everyone in any situation. If you're growing a house plant, if you're growing something in your garden, and you want to see the power of the, the way that life always should have been, do this experiment. Put the rock dust in the soil. Have seeds from the same packet. Put one in soil that doesn't have rock dust. Put one in soil that does have rock dust. Look at the phenomenal difference. The fruits will be larger. You will have more fruit. The fruit will last longer into the winter. And when you do that, you can begin to get a sense of, wow, if the plants are thriving that much, isn't it logical for us to think that we would thrive if we were to eat the fruit of those plants and a lot of what Hensel did is actually contrary to standard agricultural practices. For example, he was saying rock dust alone even without manure would make the plants as healthy as possible. So all of those steps um, again if they had been acted upon could have gotten us to a really spectacular place and I guess if enough people change their minds at some point we could get back to that place but you know as long as there are industries that want to thrive on NPK and thrive on herbicides and thrive on pesticides and thrive on patents that take us away from nature we're in uh, a difficult situation.
1: Well that's incredible information and we I I mean I think in in a half hour time we can really only scratch the surface of all there is. Um, So you know once again uh, uh, so we're coming to the 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 close of our time, but let let people know again the uh, the title of the book and how to get to the website to uh, to find out more and, and any sort of uh, last information you want to make sure that people get uh, about this, uh, this discovery.
2: Thank you. Um, definitely, I would encourage people to read the ebook, which is available right now at Amazon.com. If you go to the search box, just type in "natural healing self empowerment." My website is the Polytope Press website. Just a moment and if you go to the google search box you can type in the separate words polytope press enclosed in quotation marks the website is polytope p-o-l-y-t-o-p-e dot one megs dot com um, you can email me at polytopepress at gmail i stand by my research i'm eager to answer any questions i can to help people and shed further light on any of this research and I do hope to hear from people.
1: Well, fantastic. Well, this is really uh, unbelievable stuff. I, I want to thank you very much, uh, Tim Kelly, for coming on the program with us.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Well, this is, uh, once again, the Most Important People in the World podcast podcast. We've been speaking with Tim Kelly from the uh, Polytope Press, the author of Natural Healing Self-Empowerment. And uh, once again, you can get in touch with us if you have any uh, suggestions or ideas or comments at uh, mostimportantpeopleintheworld at gmail.com. So I have been Charles Berman.
0: Jonathan Berman.
1: And uh, thank you everybody for listening. Tune in again next time if you want to hear the show. You've been listening to The Most Important People in the World. With feedback or guest ideas, contact us at mostimportantpeopleintheworld at gmail.com. We here at The Most Important People in the World take health claims very seriously.
0: Given how important our guests are, we wouldn't dare to be so impolite as to contradict them.
1: But we do encourage you to evaluate their claims intelligently and evidentially.
0: On a personal note, if you're sick, we encourage you to see a doctor and compare the results of their medical treatment on a fair basis with the effectiveness of attempts to cure all known diseases through eating food grown with rock dust.